This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean, earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. Ball in, ball out. It's a hoop ball presentation. Welcome back, folks, to your favorite Lakers podcast. I'm Eric Noble, here with the lovely Eli Bauman Hello. and Dan Besbris. Hi. We're riding high, guys. Yeah. We are riding high. It's a four-game win streak. We cannot be stopped. <laughs> we cannot be stopped. We just beat the Dallas Mavericks. The last time you heard us, we had just beaten the Atlanta Hawks, beat the Kings, beat the Spurs. The Juggernauts. The yeah. Juggernauts hey, of the NBA. For, it's the first win against the Mavericks since, like, 2013, right? It is. That's huge. Mavericks. <laughs> so we're we're excited here. There's this enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get right into it. We wanted to go a little old school on this one, get, get back to our roots, get traditional. That's right. We're going to open up the segment with a uh, ball in ball out. Eli, start us off. Who's your, want right. to do ball in or ball out? I'll go ball. I'll start ball in. Let's yeah. start positive. Start. This, there's really, everything's coming up Millhouse this week. Um, well, my ball in is a guy who actually just recently went out with an ankle injury, but he still counts because we got to appreciate the body of work here. Uh, it's Brandon Ingram, who I feel like in his development this year, which has been really, I think, the biggest pleasure to watch of the season, um, I think it took another turn over this week, which was that now when he kind of turns the corner into the lane, he's like very under control, and he's passing to people, and it looks like an actual offense where we have a guy who's like an offensive creator, and he's either going to score or he's going to like get an assist for a three-point shot. I just want to give a special shout out to Ingram's mid-range game, which is a thing that like almost no one else in the league has except for him. And it's a beautiful thing, and I I love Brandon Ingram. I think he's probably not going to make the All Star team this year because our team sucks. But I feel like next year, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I like that prediction. That's my ball in. I can't argue with you on it. Uh, Ingram's, well, don't, don't Ingram, argue. Ingram's stats over the last three, including the uh, game against the Mavericks where he managed to go just 14 minutes, including trying his ankle out in the second quarter. Uh, against the Sacramento Kings in that victory, he had 15-5-3 and three on six out of nine shooting, a solid game. And the victory over the San Antonio Spurs where the teams, I mean, the Lakers won that game scoring 93 points. They held the Spurs to 81, and Ingram had 26 of the Lakers' 93. Yeah, baby. 11 out of 21 shooting in that ballgame. He knocked down a couple of threes, three rebounds, three assists, a steal. He had only one turnover in that. I mean, that's incredibly efficient. Yeah, and he's holding the ball. He's got the ball a lot. So it's not just like one turnover he's hiding in a corner. He's like in the lane. So his development, I kind of break down into two stages this season. I think you alluded to this, Eli. The first stage was he just learned that he could turn the corner with his big ass lanky 
limbs. Yeah. Slender and, Man. And drive and do that weird elbow thing where he brings the ball up and creates space against defenders. Usually elbowing another yeah, player in the face. It's definitely offensive foul, but. Yeah. Uh, but yes. <laughs> uh, so that was his first development where he could just, he knew how to get to the hole and that he's stronger now and he can finish. That's right. And then that game, a lot of guys would just then stick with that. I'm just going to go to the bucket every time. Right. But his second stage of development is now he has the confidence that he can go to the bucket and get his anytime. Now he's pulling up either for the mid-range or making the right decision, the right pass. Looks like he's picking apart defenses. He is. It's he great is. to see. He's an actual force. Like I, I imagine like other teams now have to game plan and be like, okay, section one. This guy, Brandon Ingram, like gets into the paint. We have to figure out what we're going to do when he gets there. We haven't had a guy that another coach has had to game plan for in five <laughs> yeah, that's, years. That's funny to think about other teams scouting reports on us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, well, Kobe's old, but like he can probably score still. But I mean, we literally haven't had another guy since. It's neat, and and the the game plan was collapse. Just collapse as hard as you can on him. Right. Throw everybody. And bring everybody that, in. And he hits that pull-up. Yeah. He's uh, got that. That's so right that, in his repertoire. That was a big deal. Uh, bringing other defenders was a key. And, and the fact that, that you're right, he's passing better and the numbers bear it out. I mean, it, first two months of the season, he averaged three assists. The next month and a half, he's at closer to four. Yeah. That's, and, and I that, can't think of a lot of turnovers that he's making either. No, and they're not like, even when he does turn the ball over, they're not like our typical Lakers turnovers. You're like, oh, what the f-? You know, like... <laughs> They're not a. We were just the Julius Randall. Yeah, we were just sitting here watching Julius, who played. By the way, played great. Yeah, but you know, we were talking about how he has like the no, no, yes shots, and also the no, no, no offensive foul slash turnovers, and like Brandon Ingram doesn't usually have like a no, no, no one where you can where all of us at home are going, oh no, here it comes, here it comes up, oh, there it went. Yep. Like he doesn't do those. His turnovers are like, oh, a guy made a good play or like, oh, he just brain farted for a second. Yeah, and it seems like they come in in clusters a little bit where like he has a couple of games this year where he does have seven turnovers, but it's weird. You don't I, I don't know, I don't remember them the way Our that whole I... team is the the cluster. We're the cluster f- team <laughs> because we're actually like I keep saying it when we watch these games. I'm like, oh, we're better than these guys. Like if you watch all of the games, which I have watched every game this season, a lot of times I'm like, oh, we're a better team than these guys. But then we have these collective cluster f- brain farts for like eight minutes, and suddenly we're down, and you're like, okay, now we're gonna uh, lose. Also, yeah, the last four games, even though we're 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 playing better, albeit against really bad teams, but even when we're playing well. It feels like we should be up by a whole lot totally, more. Totally. Like we're outplaying the other team who's playing like garbage and we're only up by like seven. Yeah. And we let them back in. There's like the thing where we're up nine and then you turn around and we're down five. I that happens like throws. every game. I'm going to blame free throws. For yeah. That. Is, that your, is that your ball out? That's my ball out. It's still terrible. I mean, you, you they won four games in a row despite poor foul shooting. And even Brandon Ingram, our, our guy here who's been playing so well at every place yeah. except the foul line. Uh, went two for five <laughs> free throws against San Antonio in that game where obviously every point was... I mean, if the teams are going to combine for 174 points, if you can get two more at the free throw line, that's yeah. a big deal. He's still shooting like 68%. The whole the team line. is that's like bad. doing the Lamar Odom special. Uh, the Lamar the one Odom two. one for two. The one for two. If they Sometimes they make the first one and you get 
you get this feeling like, hey, maybe a this false could, sense of security. They, they might hit a button. No. Well, this segues into my doctor diagnosis of, of the week. The 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 free da, throw. Da, 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 <laughs> so, da, da, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna do a music band. I'll do form. it lowly under you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so it was Contavious today. It was clutch time. We were up by a few. He went up to the line. I can't concentrate at all, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, so when he walked up to the line, he... All right, that's enough. Uh, when he walked up to the line, he wiped the bottom of his sneakers. Oh, yes. The soul rub. The soul rub. The soul rub, I call it. Telltale sign of shaky confidence. The reason I know that is because I have shaky confidence, <laughs> and I've done the soul rub many occasions, and it's a guaranteed... One for two or zero oh for two, and as predicted, I called it, and he made one. You for sure two. did. So, what do you, what do you think is the what is the, what's going on in his brain that he thinks the soul rub is going to? Well, help? you think yeah, <laughs> you think the, the soul, soul rub, rub is going to help like dry your hands, uh huh, and mm. like give you like yeah. try, to, try to get rid of those clammy palms. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah. The clammy palms is the is is what. Is the nervousness, obviously. Clammy Palms and the Soul Rub is also the name of my cover band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also illegal in 48 states yes. as a sex act. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have much more to this diagnosis except that's the Soul Rub. Well, I think, uh, I think kind of yes-anding that, uh, to use a gross improv term, mm. uh, to me, maybe there's something like, anytime someone kind of does like a thing that goes like, I got this, I'm like, oh, they don't got it. Like, it seems like it's, like, the illusion of, like, I got this. It, like, looks like if I were, like, an actor in a movie trying to be, like, yeah, well, this is a thing basketball players do. <laughs> I think there's an element of that, but I think it's, to Dan's point, more clammy hands. More clammy hands. <laughs> yeah. Clammy, all clammy. Is the soul, the soul rub is, is a really cool name for something. I wish it, it was a less A cooler bad. act. Yeah, I wish it was a less bad Does it thing. help? What does it help you do? Well, I, it, other than clammy hands. People do it to get... If they're sliding too much on the floor to get right, dirt to, off, off the, to get more traction on their the shoes, shoes. Right, yeah, okay. that's when you're playing in a gym that's like really dusty, right? But these definitely gyms, not staples, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe it's just like a tick, almost. I think it's yeah, it's probably a tick, exactly. Yeah, they have a dust mop they take back and forth across the floor like eight times a game. Yeah. I don't think it's dust. No, the traction is perfectly fine. Yeah. Polvo. Hey, so who's your guys's balls in? Well, let's go go with you, oh. Dance. Let's drop your ball in. Uh, I'm gonna go ball in on Lonzo Ball. Yeah, uh, because you stole mine. I, oh, I can I can go. You guys no, can no, have two ball. You yeah, guys can have the same ball. Two balls for ball. Yeah, okay, two balls. Two. You're in one ball sack. <laughs> That's well you know? said. I, I I mostly just picked Lonzo Ball because I feel like he takes nothing but heat on a weekly basis, yeah. regardless of what he does. And he still can't finish at the rim, and he still can't shoot free throws, and his shot is still cockeyed and weird. But he's out there putting up like the the uh, the goofball double doubles of rebounds and assists. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he doesn't even care about the points part of it. It is the hipster, I call it the hipster double double. Yeah, it's because like yeah, <laughs> I'm not really into points. I'm more of like a rebound assist. <laughs> That's guy. fantastic. That is the so he's got the hipster double double going on. He's generally getting steals and blocks because his hands are are fast as lightning. Uh, he does need to learn how to score so that people will respect him a little bit yeah. more. And assists will come so much easier if people are coming to guard him. Uh, but I, I like what he's been doing. I, he's he's made the team better. He's part of why they're playing better. Yeah, he's provided that. Eli, you talked about the lightning rod effect on our last podcast. And I think it's that's a huge reason why. Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on this, Dan. It's uh, since he's come back, we've just been out on the transition. Yeah, we've the been pace. the pace has picked up, and that's just an intangible that he brings. We run so much more with him 
in the games, and I think that's a big reason. We're, I think against the the Kings and the Spur, well, the Kings and the Hawks, we are like thirty five to eight transition mm. fast break wow. points against the other team. I have more balls in to go to when we get there, but well, we can talk about Lonzo. Well, that's let a, me finish yeah, the second going. Lonzo point, which was now I'm just even forgetting. It was the transit. Ah, the defense. Yeah, defense. He's good on defense. He's a really good defender. He, he's a really good defender. Yeah. He's long. He has a lot of blocks. A lot he, of steals. And he does a lot it of steals. Fouling that no, he yeah. doesn't foul it's kind that of much. Amazing. And I think his length adds an element to our defense, which then in turn helps tra- our transition game. I couldn't agree more. That I think that's been the most the most pleasant surprise of him on the team. I had no idea. I thought he was going to be a sieve on defense. Yeah, I think you called him being a sieve. On well, defense. that's honestly that's like what everyone said in the scouting report. So I just yeah. thought like, oh well, I'll just say the same thing. That seems smart. But it's actually like completely untrue. He's almost always in the right position. I also noticed that he's always shading to the right area, which is a thing that like is kind of like an advanced skill of knowing kind of like what your defensive that's philosophy is. Paying of like, attention during yeah, preparation. Yeah, we pushed this guy game. here. I read the scouting report. I know this guy likes to go this direction. I know where my help is. He really does that. And look, the proof's in the pudding, guys. It, you know, we're 4-1 and one since he came back. Yeah. I think like... You can pretty much... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This no, was I, against really crappy competition. True, true. But the team, I do think there is a contagiousness, um, and we'll get to my ball out, which is Jamil Wilson's STDs, speaking of <laughs> contagiousness. Um, yeah. But uh, there's a contagiousness to his... Everyone on the team looks up when he's out there, both to expect a pass and looking for the pass, because it's just a thing that you know you have to do when he's on the court. And I think in that nine-game losing streak... Everyone started trying a little bit too hard to get theirs, and there's just something that happens when he's out there where, like, that is less philosophically true. I uh, I know this stat doesn't really mean anything, and no one compares it, but sometimes I like to compare defensive stats to personal fouls just to sort of get an idea of how much somebody might be gambling. Yeah. Uh, and Lonzo, over since he's come back from the shoulder injury, he has uh, 13 steals, and he's committed a total of nine fouls. Mm. In five games, he's committed nine fouls, which normally you'd say, well, this guy's not playing any defense. Right, That's yeah. But the steals indicate otherwise. He's not blocking as many shots, which might actually be a good thing. It means he's not reaching in uh, when right. guys are going up. He's not trying to block guys from behind or whatever. He's just doing things. He's playing smart, and the Lakers as a team are playing smart right now, and you can see it in the numbers that they're giving up, which over the four-game win streak... You know, they gave up 113 to Atlanta, but that game was junk time for the last 12 minutes. Right. Uh, they held Sacramento to 86. They held the Spurs to 81. They almost held them in his 70s. I think San Antonio scored a bucket with like 15 seconds to go to get into the 80s. And then they just beat the Mavs on the road, giving up 101 in overtime. That's great defense. That's that, really good. That's amazing. Like, and that's our calling card. I mean, that's if I'm once again, like we kind of think about why would someone want to come to our team? <laughs> or not come to our team and like dysfunction and whatever, all the things that go with being on the Lakers. But one thing that I would use as a selling point is like Luke Walton and this team has convinced a bunch of 25 and unders to play really good defense for most of the season. Yeah. Like almost all of the season, they've been a top 10 defensive team. I'm going to, I'm going to, Interject a little bit, oh, not Eric's to be the Eric's gonna bring us down the, the sassy Susan or what, what is it called, <laughs> Debbie Downer? Yeah, not a sassy Susan. <laughs> you can be sassy. Susan. You can be sassy Susan. I'm gonna be sassy Susan that's right you, now. Yeah, that's you at the drag the drag show, RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. You're sassy Susan. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely think our defense has been a whole lot better, but against these games, like 
against these teams, uh, they've just been missing a lot of shots too. Even that's in this true, game true. against Dallas, right, yeah. they've had a lot of open shots, and they just like there were stretches where they missed eight in a row. And I felt the same thing with the Kings and the Spurs. We just caught teams where they were just really off. That's very true. But I do think our defense. Is I'm going to say a little of column A and a little of column B, yeah. right? Because you set a yeah. certain feel for a game by actually kind of locking down a little bit early, and then teams tend to miss shots. Later on, you kind of exhaust them a little bit. Right. Even though, you know, Lakers are not trying to play a slow tempo. So it's sort of a nice thing. It's not like, oh, they're just, just, they're grinding the game to a halt. No, so we're basically playing like the Rockets pace. Trying to go as I fast as I think we're like possible. third in the league in pace. We also, just can't I saw, shoot. I saw a weird stat. This is, sorry, this is back to Lonzo for one second. But I saw a weird thing that Lonzo is the third fastest guy in the entire league with the ball. Really? Like they have stats tracking like. Is John Wall number one? It's John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Lonzo That's Ball, dope. or the wow. top three. That's awesome. He does move fast. He throws he that moves ball really fast. way ahead of himself when he's yeah. running with it. And he's That's our leader. I could never do. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I'm sorry. You go. I just. I'm thinking about like the idea of pushing a ball in front of where you're going to be. Right. I'd, I'd be so nervous. That, yeah, I'd throw that thing straight out of bounds or trip right over the <laughs> yeah. basketball. Two other things as we're jizzing on Lonzo right now is <laughs> as long as he knows it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is you mentioned it, Eli? His crisp fast passes or someone was mentioning it uh he he passes the ball really hard because he has good technique and that gives the shooter a split second more to shoot the ball yeah that's uh, a great thing i love a hard pass i don't yeah. know what i don't know what there is about like yeah. really zip it in there these guys are huge yeah put it in the chest they take bat i mean they sometimes they get hit in the head with one of those passes and they don't even flinch i'd yeah. be down for a like a full 15 count maybe more so throw a hard pass. They can obviously catch yeah, they it. They have giant hands. It helps. Also that. Yeah, I have like little child hands. <laughs> and he's our leading rebounder. Yeah, he is. Which is nuts. He's the best rebounding uh, guard in the game, I think, after Russ. Yeah. I think, again, he's he's way up there in those stats. All right, let's get back to the ball-in, ball-out. That's a, that's a perfect segue to my next ball-in, which is the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. Go because for it. now Julius Randle will probably be the, the best rebounder on the team. Because he's out there and yeah. he's getting stats and he's playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, starting lineup is beating other teams' starting lineup. Yeah, right it's now. finally the right lineup. Which is weird because for... It only <laughs> took us half the season. What are we now? 15 and 27? It's literally today was the halfway point of the season, they okay, said on the Okay, so telecast. like the previous 37 games? Yeah, it's just <laughs> tinkering. Which is just like crapping on the first seven minutes of the yeah. basketball game. Uh, I like Larry Nance, but it seems like he was the problem with the starting unit, which yeah, feels he's not a starter. Unfair. He's not a starter. I mean, I think that's he's, the a thing. he's not a starting NBA player. He's a really good bench role player. Yeah, go out there and just run your tail off for yeah. twenty minutes a game and let Julius Randle play thirty. I, I I still think they could probably milk a few more minutes out of Brook Lopez. Yeah, I know it worked nice. today. Uh, but Kyle Kuzma, I believe, played, and I guess I should mention again, we're recording this Saturday afternoon, right after the Mavericks game. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma came in at the five-minute mark of the third quarter, yeah. played those five, the 12 of the fourth, and five of overtime yeah, without crunch a time Kuzma. Crunch time Kuzma, I'm all about. What did I just do there? 22 straight minutes? Yeah, 22. That's a, that's a bit much. I know, I know we all love Kuzma, and we do, and rightfully so, but that's a lot Well, of when minutes. Ingram went out, I mean, it's like, who are you going to put in? Who's that next guy? Know, but Josh Hart, give a guy a breather. That's when guys get hurt is when they get tired yeah, like maybe. that. Yeah, maybe. So your comment about the starting five made me think of something I thought about for the NBA as a whole is, why is there this tradition? So, I mean, all teams, especially in crunch time, the death lineups are all small ball, right? right? Yeah. Coaches have figured out they go small when they really want to like put the foot on the pedal. Why is there like a tradition then of having to start 
like a big man yeah, at know. center. It does seem like, like we Golden haven't caught up to it yet. Like Golden State, they have to start Zarzar Petrulia. <laughs> Zarzar. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's because they're trying to like establish some kind of physicality or something. I don't know. I think it's just like a weird tradition almost. Right. There's got to be something though, because with yeah. the Lakers, I would have been like, yeah, they just haven't, like they just haven't caught up. Well, yeah. Robin Lopez, or sorry, Brooke Lopez. Meh. At least he stretches the floor. Like I kind of understand his function on the team but you're right i think about it in the same with like nfl football where it's like every time at the end of games teams go to the no huddle and like no one can defend it yeah you're like so why don't you just start in the no huddle like i've never seen i've never been like oh they're going to the no huddle now they're screwed it's going to get worse it always works so just start there why not start with the death lineup yeah i don't know there's got to be a reason somebody must have a reason or maybe it's unsustainable for a long period of time but i don't know why you wouldn't just start it then earlier and then switch off of it yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Brooke Lopez come off the bench and just bombed away for like eight minutes in the first half. Let yeah. him be the premier scorer in a unit. But maybe he also, maybe in his case, like he's probably started his entire life. He probably hasn't come off the bench in 20, oh, 20 yeah, I years. Guess, I guess there is that sort of warm-up yeah. factor. But I mean, I'm sure he'd get used to it. But, but who would we like, play? Who would, 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 would Julius Randle move over to the center or Kuzma play center? I feel like the defense sometimes actually suffers when it's not Small ball versus small ball. Right. I don't know what it is. It's a good point, though. Like, yeah, I don't know. The beginning yeah. of the game is strange. Maybe My best thought is that they want to have someone in to protect the rim early because if guys are missing defensive assignments or doing stupid stuff, it's good to have that kind of fail safe. Hmm. But maybe in the fourth quarter when the game slows down and teams are mostly in the half court, you can have that switch everything style. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about rim protection as much. I don't know. So, Eric, who's your ball out? My ball out. Uh, let me look. Oh yes, I have. Yeah, I have a pet peeve. Uh, my ball outs are usually pet peeves. This one is <laughs> is Larry Nance. Uh, his screens. Hmm. Every time he screens, he's moving and he gets an offensive he, foul. He does. He gets <laughs> so many offensive fouls on his screens. Um, and so just stay still, man. Yeah, just stay still. Maybe that's Come why Brook Lopez is in the starting unit. They're also calling that a lot more. They are calling it a lot more, but it was something that Dwight Howard used to get called oh, on a yeah. lot. And then he would have that dumb oh, smile the, after oh, he would get smile. called for oh, a foul. At smile. least Larry Nance does not have the dumb smile. No. Uh, Just a goatee. Eric, you've got a goatee right now. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that decision? Do you want me to talk about this decision? A little bit. I kind of want to hear about it, too. Just give, the, just give the people at home a little bit of, of your thought process. Well, yeah, I'm a 34-year-old man, but I hit puberty late. And uh, late I, I was a late bloomer. I, I could never. I feel like every man, as I said earlier, every man has a phase in his life where he experiments That's with right. facial hair. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, he tries to do weird sideburns, a right. weird mustache. Yeah, you yeah. got to have a mutton chop. But usually point. that happens at like age 17, 19. I couldn't do this until 34. Right. But I'm going for it right now. Yeah. I got to say, time I don't say. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. Well, uh, you should excited. see me. Yeah, Eli's excited because the end of this season brings with it frosted tips and a goatee, most likely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I beat you to it. Yeah, Just yeah easing, you did. easing you into I it. I know. I'm seeing my future ahead of me. <laughs> I still okay. like. I still liked Eric's idea of putting you in a room of all people with frosted tips and goatees, so that way you could kind of get used to it and then walk out. Into it the feels real like world. that scene in Being John Malkovich where they're all John <laughs> all Malkovich. John, yeah. <laughs> it's super disturbing. Yeah, this might be uh, too. We got away from it. Uh, 
we were talking about Larry Nance. Larry Nance. <laughs> yeah. Way to reel us in. <laughs> yeah, I'm Eric did a nice back. job there of really pulling the the. Well, I think that's back. a good that's a good ball out. It's nice and specific. Yeah, go for it. What's your ball out? My ball out is a little bit more generic, but it's it's the Lakers front office, and mm. i i want to I want to segue into this for a little bit because I feel like this season has had a lot of kind of like forced errors and unforced errors, and I think like. Some of the forced errors involve like who's on the court, and I think a lot of the unforced errors have involved who's in the front office. I don't know exactly who's to blame for it, but there does seem to be some like loose lips in our front office. I'm gonna predict it's like Jim Buss just trying to like <laughs> just planning <laughs> stories. Yeah, just <laughs> that is such a great theory. And that's my theory is he's just trying to bring it bring it down. I love that theory. Unfortunately, I think my my answer to it, my theory personally is that it's my childhood idol and like Mr. Laker, Magic Johnson, based on his Jimmy Kimmel performances and just generally not. I, I find it hard to believe that Rob Palinka, who's like been a super agent in this league forever, is like playing fast and loose with what he's talking about, like who you know, stories getting leaked and who, what kind of coach he likes and who he supports. I think it's magic and I love magic. He's got to, they got to stop. They got to stop because clearly Luke has not lost the team. No, that is evident. And that was evident. Even when they were lost nine in a row, it was evident that he hadn't lost the team. It's not helpful to anyone. It doesn't, the Clarkson rumors aren't helpful. The Julius Randle rumors aren't helpful. Like, none of that is helpful. So how would you handle it if you're Magic? Uh, I'd stop. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, honestly, I think it's that simple. You just I'll... have to stop. You have to understand how, how... I feel like he's getting a crash course in how the, like, big boys of the, like, NBA front office work. And other teams, if they hear stuff from you, will leak it to screw you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But more specifically, how would you handle the LeVar stuff if, um, if you're Magic? I think I think you have to ignore it as long as you can, but if he says something like the coach of the team has lost the team, you have to even if it's bull, you come out and you publicly state your support for him. You can always fire him later, it can still be true, but you have to you cannot have your team, especially a young impressionable team, think that it's okay to tune the coach. So out. you think he should have said something. I think 100 100- a hundred percent. They needed. They, they. I understand probably why they thought they shouldn't, which is like don't give Lavar any more oxygen. But I think when it's that specific comment, you have to get out ahead of it a little bit, or else it seems true. And what you saw was then there became rumors outside of the Lakers' orbit that, oh, maybe they don't support him. Maybe they're looking at Coach David Fisdale. Maybe this. Maybe that. And like. You you end up fanning those flames, which are actually worse flames than just an egomaniac. Dan, thank, what do you what do you think on that? Thank goodness for Rick Carlisle is what I have to say on that one. Yeah, uh, our little Puritan. Yeah, he uh, Rick Carlisle really upset members of the media by basically saying you're not going to get to talk to coaches. Yeah, if that was you keep a little nuts interviewing Levar Ball like that. But uh, I'm okay with it, even though I've actually been a media relations person for a <laughs> professional sports franchise. Uh, yeah, it was minor leagues. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, you you have an asset, and you you use it the way that you feel you can. You know, it's not like 
I feel like it's a different thing when you compare sports to like politics, where right, uh, there yeah. needs to be accountability to public office. Rick Carlisle, Luke Walton, these guys are hired by a private organization to do a particular job. They don't have to spend their days with the media. So if you know the coaches' organization says, "Listen, if you guys give a platform to a blowhard right. who's going to call out the coaches." We're not going to let you talk to the coaches. Yeah. So stop clickbaiting us, basically. I think, too, like, just ESPN-wise, like, I think once he says it, once he says, once LeVar Ball says the team is tuned out, has quit on the coach or whatever, you have to report that. That part you have to report. The problem is sending a reporter to, like, poke... LeVar Ball with a in stick Lithuania. in Lithuania when, like, neither of the other Ball brothers will play one minute in the NBA. So it's not an NBA story. No. It's not even a college story. It's a nothing story from basketball purposes. They literally poked the bear. Yeah. The Lithuanian bear. It's clickbait. It's clickbait. That part was clickbait. Once he says it, he says it, you have to report it. But, right. But, yeah. if there's, but if there's nobody there to hear it when he says it, then yeah. this is the tree fall in the forest kind of thing. And, uh, and, and and not to pile on the uh, front office, but just to finish out my ball out. Uh, also, the Jamil Wilson uh, episode, of oh. a player we'll never hey, see. But they if did they, that right, though, right? To, to I think they did the, it right in the second half. But it's just like... Explain it, what happened. If things couldn't have gotten weirder in certain yes, storylines exactly. of the, the Los Angeles Lakers season, what happened? Exactly. Eli? We know drama TNT at the <laughs> Lakers. Well, at least but, he didn't play for the Lakers. He did play for the Clippers. That's true. That's true. Um, we... Signed a, we signed a new guy to a... Once we waived Andrew Bogut, we signed Jamil Wilson, who's formerly of the Clippers, to a 10-day contract. Um, it looks... I had heard that he was going to suit up on Thursday. He never made it that far because he is being sued by... And I think it's actually a, it's actually a crime to knowingly uh, give someone an STD. Oh. So I think he's in legal trouble... Uh, but essentially, they, the Lakers reneged on that contract, which is almost unheard of. Um, and I think they broke what I think is a, a cardinal rule of NBA contracts, which is the contract has to be longer than the venereal disease you're the, giving the, to, the to the other people. The antibiotic course has. <laughs> yeah, like if you give someone a three-day disease, venereal disease, you can sign a 10-day contract. But if you're going to give someone a lifelong venereal disease or like a years-long you have to at least sign for like four or five. You have to sign a max extension. What, what yeah. do you think the STD was? What are, what are you going with? I'm going herp. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going a classic uh, genital herp. I'm putting my money. Syphilis is making a comeback, guys. Ooh, it, yeah. it really, on the on the low. Is that the hipster STD while we're doing? <laughs> yeah, it? it's like it's like cool, man. It's like a drug too because you go crazy. <laughs> uh, the clap. Is the clap on the table? The gons? The gonorrheas? <laughs> yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. We should do our we own actually, investigative We reporting. actually may very quickly know. Yeah, we might know. <laughs> I feel like that's what Patient has to come, zero. Out, come out in the, in, the, in the lawsuit. I'm sure they have to specify. I have a, uh, I have a little add-on to the, the front office thing. Yeah. Uh, a good buddy of mine is a Lakers season ticket holder, and he went to one of their little functions. Uh, welcome dinners or whatever they do for season ticket holders and i guess rob palinka was there oh palinka and apparently he was um strange is kind of interesting it's kind of the 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 tone strange how uh he he did not instill my buddy with confidence in the Mm. speech he gave to season ticket holders which was like explaining how in his words you guys can laugh at this because it's gonna sound crazy the painter who, de- who drew the Mona Lisa 
had oh, to go Jesus. back to it a number of times to like. You fix mean the... Leonardo da Vinci? Right. That was exactly how. <laughs> The painter. The painter. He's all about these, like, really old-school analogies. Or... Yeah, he right. seems like, you know, like, those friends of college that were, like, dumb guys but thought they were smart guys? They're <laughs> yes, always being we... like, well, you know, Kierkegaard said, and you're like, you don't, like, yeah, you Googled stop. Kierkegaard, like, in the toilet. <laughs> You've just been watching. Polinka has a little bit of that. Yeah, so I think that, that upset him a little bit. He's like, come on, just say Da Vinci. Like, right. don't treat us like we're totally idiots. Or are you an idiot? Right. So that, uh, among a couple of other things, it just felt, I think he felt like he was kind of winging it and he did a terrible job. Uh-huh. Uh, so cool. it, it might be both halves of our front office. Uh, great. Uh, or maybe he's just not that great at dealing with fans. Like, hey, Balinka here. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, baby. Did You're going to sign with the leg. You know, oh, this wait. Da Vinci cat. <laughs> How'd you get in, man? How'd you yeah, get hey, in? it's an honor hey, to Rob, be here, Rob. guys. Welcome back, man. Yeah. Uh, Rob Palinka looks like Rob Lowe, doesn't he? I don't think I realized that. Did you just wake up under, from under a rock? <laughs> Apparently. That's like literally been like the main thing people have talked about for like two years. Yeah, I've never really looked at him. I, I he sa- looks exactly like Rob Lowe. Exactly. Like, yeah. I said this, I think our first ever podcast attempt, the basement tapes, is that we were trying to bring back the 80s with Magic Johnson yeah, and Rob a Rob Lowe like yeah. character. Coked up Rob Lowe. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's really, it's astounding. Benjamin. The more that you look at his... Anyway. Uh, did I? Yeah. Ah, the front office thing. I, let I, me, I think let me is that your better. ball out? I just I think they're getting better. Just as a final thought on that one, I think let, they're improving slowly. Maybe. Let me ask you guys a question, just of, of of a thing that I didn't think about until recently. What if we just didn't do anything this year with the front office? Like, what if the front office just made no moves? Don't we have to get rid of somebody? Well, we do before next season starts. Hmm. But I was just thinking, like, are we inventing problems that don't yet exist? Like, maybe we have to get out ahead of stuff. But, like, I don't, I'm not ready to get rid of Randall. You're saying if we don't pursue any free agents? No, no, no. During this season. Oh, yeah. What if we wait? What if we punt on clearing out the cap space till the season's over? Yeah, I and don't... what if we just stand pat with this team? I like this team. No, I like I totally the bones agree of this with team. That. I, I don't think we're going to get anything. Great. So they can can our front office shut up for yes. a little bit. That and is just, what they should do. Yeah. They should just shut up. Yes, yeah. till May, <laughs> and then they can. It's not a bad idea. To whoever, unless they want to sign someone who can shoot a free throw or a three pointer. I mean, like, look, we'll never know the answer to this, but it does seem like we heard the Julius Randle for Nerlens Noel trade rumors, and then the. Jordan Clarkson is very movable trade rumors. And then the Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, and Larry Nance are all in the trade block rumors. And we went on a nine-game losing streak. Then, thankfully, Circus Clown and Chief LeVar Ball got back in the mix so everyone could forget (laughs) about that stuff. And we started winning again. I'm just saying, like, I don't think the front office has helped us actually win. And to me, I just don't want to give the draft pick to Boston. Yeah. As Eric discussed. That's... that's no, priority number one. We'll, one happily, two and three. we'll happily give it to Philly. Dan, give your, your, your ball out. I think my ball out. Did I? I thought I did one. Yeah, Wasn't you did. Free throw shooting? Yeah, oh, free yeah. throw shooting. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stick with that. That's. I'm, in fact, I'll double up on that if I have to. I think we did all our ball ins and ball outs. Yeah, we did. We hit it all. Um, let's, we can just break down the three games briefly if any comments want to want to be made. Let's start with the Kings game. That was the first of this uh since our last podcast, anything that struck you guys? What was the final score for that one, Dan? What the heck day was that game? Was that Tuesday of last yeah, week? Yeah, like Tuesday. 
Yeah. That was a long time ago that already. Was, uh, Lakers won that one 99-86. It was, again, a solid defensive effort. The Kings shot 34.5% in that ball game. Yeah, they play like garbage. Yeah, apologies to Aaron Bruski. I know who's a Sacramento native, but we're just a lot better than that team. Yeah, and he doesn't actually like the Kings that much. He's uh, oh, He just well, happens to cover them sometimes. Uh, we won that game despite a litany of turnovers. Randall had six. So many turnovers. Uh, Ingram had seven, even though it felt like Julius had, had more. That's the... That's the That's Julius a lot turnover. Of turnovers. Yeah, those two guys had 13 just between the two of them. Kuzma had three. Lonzo Ball somehow had 11 assists and one turnover in that game. Yeah. Uh, two things stuck. Uh, two things stuck out of me uh, for that game. One was Brooke Lopez hit like five or, yeah. or six three pointers. Legit NBA Jam heat check. Yeah, he, yep. exactly. He <laughs> had like three straight three pointers and then did a ridiculous yeah. one from like forty two feet. <laughs> he was walking into that. Um, I think that he was... looks like a dinosaur. You know those dinosaurs that had like the little like crevices in their head? They were like, <laughs> I think he looks like one of those dinosaurs. What was a Land Before Time? Yeah, he looks exact, like a cartoon exactly dinosaur. Land, one of the Land Before Time yeah, ones, though. Exactly. Yes. Um, that was fun. I like to see Brooke do stuff. Me too. No, I, I'm not going to go. I, I like that's threes, actually though. my related ball out part do is <laughs> Ooh, <hot shot. laughs> is his three pointers. I'm just like, I don't like they're not watching. good enough to be to be like he's raining them. <laughs> also, I think he still could be really good on the post. Yeah. I think he could be crushing it like he, you he know, should be. So I do. Th- I do think he was going against Dirk today and was like barely in the post. I think, though, in fairness to him, I think that that it. To some extent, it's a conscious effort to give the post to when he's out there with Julius because Julius can't shoot. That he basically says, "You can have the post because in current NBA climate, only one guy can play in the post." <laughs> I guess, yeah. And I think true. like I think basically he's going like, "Julius, you have it, and I'll I'll stretch the floor out here because the opposite of that doesn't work." Lopez can score in the post, but Julius can't stretch the floor. Yeah, that was one thing that stuck out at me. The other was. Is it Bojan Bogdanovic? Is that how Bo- you pronounce it? Bojan. 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 It's not like Bullion. It's like Bullion. Bojan. No, it's like Bojan. Well, there's two. There's Bojan Bogdanovic and there's Bogdan Bogdanovic. What? I'm not kidding. There's one on Indiana. <laughs> You're right. Is this, like a, is this, this like a is Black Mirror confused. episode? <laughs> yeah, the one on Indiana is Bojan with a J. I'm talking about the one on the Kings. Bogdan? That's Bo- Bogdan. Yeah. Okay. So this is Bull. <laughs> yeah, I'm so <laughs> confused. Quit. But that dude's good. Yeah, I he is good. He was really. Yeah, he's their good. best player, I think. He's really good. Is yeah. he? What what year is he? Is his second year? Or first? He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. Wow. I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah. Also, just to like uh, correct a mistake that I made in my own head and didn't say at one point, but before the draft, I was kind of like, you know, I think it's going to be really good. It's like De'Aaron Fox. I really like De'Aaron Fox. I'm like. Lonzo's way better than De'Aaron Fox. Dennis I think Smith he still has potential. He still good. has potential, but I'm like, I, I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe we're passing on De'Aaron Fox, and he's like a winner. And it's like he also can't shoot and just doesn't do any of the other stuff. Lonzo, I th- honestly, I thought like, well, you know that De'Aaron Fox will play defense, and that's important. But Lonzo's just as good of a defender, so. and he's going to be a better shooter. Yes. Uh, I saw an advanced stat tweet. I don't actually pretend to understand what some of them mean, but uh, this one was real plus minus. And Lonzo Ball, with his last few good games, has actually moved into like the top seventy in the NBA in real plus minus. Ooh, which I know is, that's re- that's like account. top third though. Yeah, that's really good. And De'Aaron Fox is like bottom five percent mm. in the entire NBA. So there's one more nice. feather in the Lonzo cap. Ooh, guys, breaking news: Coach Irvin Magic Johnson tweet. Coach Luke Walton has the at Lakers playing some of the best basketball of the season right now, <laughs> which is both a typical Magic Johnson tweet in that it seems like it was written by a bot 
<laughs> like just to have like whatever the only like the relevant information is. But that's good that he's finally seems to be out. He piggybacked him. Rick Carlisle, who said the reason for Lakers winning streak is the coaching. That's right. Yeah, um, I like that one. Anything stick out to you for the uh, the Kings games? The King game? Eli? Honestly, I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got one. I got one little thing on the Kings game. The the I mentioned the turnovers as as sort of a bad thing, but it also went hand in hand with the fact that the Lakers had thirty assists in a game mm. for I think the first time all season, and maybe the first time in like half a decade. Mm. Uh, so they were they were errors of of effort at least on that one, where it wasn't like a lot of standstill. One guy drives and loses the basketball. It was guys trying to make passes to get teammates better shots. And some of them were really good, and some of them were truly awful. Uh, but it led to open looks. The Lakers shot 48% of that game, and the Kings shot 34 and a half. That's a, that's a big deal, and it's, it's why the Lakers won the basketball game. Yeah. So I, I like the passing. I mean, it comes back to, Eli, your very first point. Ingram has become a better passer. Oh, I love him. Uh, but the whole team was passing in that game. Yeah, Kuzma. It, Kuzma passed well in that game. Kuzma now passed well in that game. It's, uh, it's kind of a Warriors-esque thing. Obviously, the talent level is widely <laughs> yeah. separated. We still can't shoot. Uh, but the Warriors are high turnover team also because right. they try to make all those passes. They try right. to get their guys open instead of just head down drive, even though the Warriors have the talent to do it that way if they wanted to. The Lakers don't. They need people to be open to make any kind of shots. So totally. I like it. That's uh, that's them buying in a little bit. So, yeah, the Spurs and the Kings game were very similar in that we went up really big yeah. th- the first and second quarters and then just, well, we didn't even go up that big. We totally outplayed the other team, but we were only like actually up by yeah. like 12, and then the other teams ended up taking the lead at some point. Um, well, it's also like they can all shoot threes and we can't. So that yeah. I feel like we're the only exactly. team that can't really make up big deficits. <laughs> exactly. So that brings up the Spurs game. What I like. What this were game. your thoughts? Um, I thought it was first of all it was fun to like outplay a team that you know is going to be super well coached. You know, we have to take it with a grain of salt because they had no players and they, they were missing everyone. It just had the feeling like they they laid an egg. They were going to yeah. lay an egg. That you game. know what though? I liked um I liked that who is the that guy that rookie? Yeah, on I don't team? know. His, that guy's good. Name. I remember him from college. Which and he one? was good. I think he went to Michigan State, like Forbes. Oh, Bryn, Bryn Forbes? Bryn Forbes. Yeah. He was good. But um, they developed talent really well. I mean, Ingram, to me, was like the standout of that game. He just like had control of it. He was the, I think he was the best player on the court, mm-hmm. which was cool to see. I feel like that's starting to be a real thing where you're like, oh, he's the... Like, I think he was the best player on the court in this game, too, before he got hurt. Um trying to remember exactly what watching the game i was i was just nervous that it was going to be a typical spurs win yeah like they just look like hung around hung around and i i had the feeling that they were going to come back and win but thankfully they didn't uh patty mills oh for five with three turnovers he played awful also has a bad haircut this season yeah that's not helping i think that's not yeah a lot of the spurs played terrible was this the game game? they had 20 turnovers very unspurs like unspurs like they only shot 41 percent more good lakers defense yeah it was a very unspurs-like game. Lakers outassisted them, twenty-two to twenty-one. From a roll through my same notion mm-hmm. there, Lakers passing the ball better. I, I like the I like the passing effort. I, I think this game against Dallas today it it took a little bit of a hit when when Ingram went down, but we still outassisted the Mavs, twenty-four to twenty. That's good. The only thing that was weird about this game was didn't uh, if, uh, correct me if I'm getting the game wrong, but this was the Larry Nance game, the dunk, the dunk, yeah. 
which was insane. And this was also a game where I feel like, did Julius have any points in this game? No, he was terrible. It was a donut. Uh, yeah, the Larry Nance dunk was also one of my prior ball outs, our, our awful alley-oop passes. It was <laughs> yeah. another awful alley-oop pass. Just a good thing that dude gets up. The worse the pass, the like better the poster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but I, since we're on the Spurs, got to bring up Greg Popovich. Uh and that stuff with Lamarcus that came out that was so yeah, that was dope. Great. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's my favorite American. He he, <laughs> he like, is. He's like, a true that's American it. hero. He's awesome. Yeah. Like he's my favorite Straight one up. total, not sports total. Uh, I used to hate Greg Popovich. I yeah. Like, well, I mean, at first, right? Because he was just you know Spurs just win every year, and then yeah. he got himself. I like he, the Spurs now. I feel weird, but I've liked the Spurs for like five seasons. But so, is Eric, it because he, of Pop? Uh, he's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing Let's was, talk, walk us through it. So it came out that Lamarcus had requested a trade over the summer. He was not happy. Uh, basically, Popovich told him, "Well, if you can get us Kevin Durant, we'll trade you." Which I which love. Was, That's so honest. Which is so freaking hilarious. Uh, then they just like hung out a few times, and Popovich just like learned. He realized to himself that he was over coaching and using Lamarcus inappropriately, and just like was like this one's on me and just right. decided to like really work with him and it and Lamarcus is like playing really well this year. Well that's the thing I think like you get to a certain point in your life where like wisdom really is a real thing and especially when you have like the track record and the pedigree of Greg but you, you kind of have to choose if you want to use it though, right? Cuz right. then there's the George Carl world where right, but like, I don't think George Carl really ever learned that much about himself. Like I don't think or he was else. that introspective. Whereas, like, what's, I really respect people who get to a point in their profession or just in their life where everything that they do is for pure reasons or the right reasons or it's like doesn't come from a place of ego because, and I'm sure Greg Popovich has plenty of ego, but he doesn't have to act out of ego anymore because he's accomplished things and he he trusts himself, and to me the ultimate sign of kind of trusting your instincts is to go. Well, my instincts on this were wrong. Like, yeah. I actually, I'm now kind of able to have self-effacement about this. And I think, like, circling back a little bit to our conversation about the front office is like, you know, sometimes doing nothing is the is the proactive move. Is the that is the aggressive move is to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna not let the noise. I'm not gonna jump to every news story. Yeah, it was gonna, great they didn't trade him. Yes. They just try to figure it out with him. Right. They were like, oh, well, this guy's been a 25-point scorer for his entire career except for last year. Yeah. So maybe there's something that we could do better. And lo and behold, here they are. We love Pop. We do love, love Pop. Pop. Uh, I am curious, though, if they're going to have to figure out how to get he and Kawhi Leonard on the same page. They haven't had to yet because Kawhi basically hasn't that's, played. That's true. We haven't really seen that experiment yet. But... Uh, yeah, Lamarcus has been better, and and regardless, almost of how his numbers look, Popovich is, he's 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 a he might be a genius in the way that he carries himself. Just like when you put it all together, uh, and uh, and very lucky with the players that he's very got. lucky. Yeah, that's yeah getting Tim helped. Duncan. <laughs> yeah, getting like, Tim Duncan makes also a great has a great wine palette. I've heard. <laughs> he's like a famous like wine well, he's join us, pop. He join us on a podcast <laughs> yeah i'll reach out to him yeah. <laughs> apparently whenever he sees like a, someone affiliate with the nba out he always buys their dinner 
Really? Oh, that's great. Which is so dope. Dude, he's so I've also he's heard amazing. that he, like, the Spurs, anyone who's, like, ever played or coached for the Spurs, like, they have dinners and you can just go. Yeah. Like, it's like a lifetime membership. Yeah, we should show up. <laughs> we should show up. <laughs> well, coaching under Pop has gotten a lot of people more lucrative jobs. Yeah, for real. Oftentimes, they don't yeah, seem Mike to work Brown, as well. Yeah, Mike Brown's gotten, like, six head coaching jobs after it. You could draw all the lines back and just... You know, all these other guys that stink once they go out on their own, it does seem to be popular. So, anyway, do you, so do you guys think we're ever going to lose again now that we've won four in a row? Are we no, going to are we going to run the table, yeah. Aaron Rodgers style? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who do we have coming up, Dan? The Grizz. That's a winnable. That's game. a dub and a revenge game. That's a W. The uh, Thunder, I think, follows that one. I'm I'm going to. I think we're going to win that game too. Let me let me make a comment about the Thunder. Um, I think they've really taken the easy way out this season. Um, they were going through a lot of growing pains. Uh, Russ was trying to like defer yeah. and get uh, Paul George and Carmelo involved and be more a facilitator. And they were losing. I mean, their right. record was 500. And then Russ, and maybe the coaching staff, I don't know, they decided, all right, to win more games, Russ, you just have to do whatever. Right. Let, let Russ be Russ and movement. I think in the short term, that's the right move. They're going to win more games, but in the long run, that's really not the right move. And I think this is a very foolish turn of events. I think that's a very astute... That is... That's that's more of an astute point than I would expect from a man with a fresh goatee. <laughs> I, I do have an MD doctorate. You do. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you're, I think you're 100% right, which is like the, the long-term plan of that team they need to figure out how all three of those guys can and it be caught effective. up with them quickly too it did it ran yeah. out very they, quick they, they rattled off like four or five good wins and now they've lost a few games in well, a row remember, last year, off. and also last year they were a, what were they the eighth seed yeah or they were a little, little higher they're like mid mid pack but they were yeah. barely over no. 500 oh yeah you're right yeah the thunder so it's not like it's half. it's not like when russ was just being a superhero they were winning 60 games yeah they're winning like 48 games it's it yeah it's just, um, A, it's also not going to make the other players happy enough to stay. Which is good for us. Which is great for us. But also their their ceiling is going to be a lot lower in what they're going to be able to accomplish. Do you think there's any version of events where instead of being like, we have to sign two superstars or whatever, that do you think any of our guys currently on the roster can be the second superstar like let's say we get paul george and then that's where we stop we then are like let's get we're gonna get shooters and we're gonna get whatever with our salary cap is anyone on this roster seem like a second banana on a good on a contending team i think ingram's an all-star right is he a second banana (laughs) or a first banana what banana is he eric rank his (laughs) i like bananas yeah um talk about his banana Gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, he's still in his second year. I think he could be a second banana. I'm saying it right now. Yeah, second banana. Boom, can, can second Ju- banana. Can Julius Randle be a second banana? No. Can he be a third banana? No. Is he even on a bunch of bananas? <laughs> Is this Harry Belafonte? He's a mango. This, uh, this segment brought to you by... Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think Brandon Ingram could be a second banana, but I think the first banana would have to be better than Paul George. Ah, very because I yeah I kind of think Paul George in almost a perfect world. Paul He's George is the perfect Scottie Pippen. Type. Yeah, 
he's the perfect second banana. So if you want to put Ingram as a second, do you think if you did a podcast from like the dull headquarters about bananas that you would say the word banana no, more times probably, than we said the word banana? Have a cool shorthand for banana at the dull. At the, right. Yeah. Just not. Yeah. yeah. Can we change our title for banana in banana? Out? <laughs> I'm definitely titling this episode second banana. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you guys don't think Paul George is the first banana? I no. think he's the first banana on a team that's on out a in the second team. round. Yeah. I don't think he's a first banana on a championship okay. team. But I think he could also be, like, if you had DeMarcus Cousins and Paul George, and they played really well off each other, yeah, it's like, it's like a 1-1-A one, one kind of thing, I think that's a... I'm, in a weird way, that's kind of the... I Obviously, like, if LeBron comes, that's, that's number a good one choice. First, that's a good first banana. But I'm trying to kind of, like, wrap my head around if he doesn't come. There's something exciting to me about like a Boogie Cousins, Paul George combo of oh just like, just hey, like you enjoyed? Nasty, did just you like, like Julius Randle? If you like Julius Randle, right. just wait till we give you Boogie Cousins, who is bigger, stronger, and crazier. Crazier. <laughs> I, we haven't had a legit crazy person since Ron Artest. It hasn't been that we long. Had Kobe Bryant. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That is legit. Crazy. Are you guys excited for Kobe's new show? I think it sounds awesome. Actually, I haven't heard of this. What Kobe's is it? having an ESPN show that's about like breaking down game film, and mm. I'm definitely going to watch. Oh, it. Oh, that's great! It, finally, it's like the thing that he, he's finally doing something where I'm like, oh, he's perfectly suited for that. Instead <laughs> yeah. of just being like, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, like doing like <laughs> being like the me. guy in American Beauty filming like a like a. <laughs> stupid plastic bag in the wind he's like actually gonna break down game tape which i'm very excited about i hope he weaves together the two yeah 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 (laughs) this yeah it's a game tape mixed with bags in the wind yeah Yeah. it's just classical music playing in the background yeah so So, i know you said you're readying yourself for no lebron but if ever there was a perfect time to talk about lebron coming it's right at this moment where the lakers are playing the best defense in the league and the Cavs are playing no defense at all i still think he's coming i i i'm i've I still think he feels coming. better than it did a week ago, didn't it? It sure does. <laughs> the Cavs will be fine. I mean, I don't know if they're going to make the the finals this year, but they're going to they'll go on a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll is, they'll figure it out. It's always but they do run. have like legit roster problems. They're like super old and they don't have a lot of assets, so it's like it's hard to see how they're going to rebuild that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the defense is ever really going to come around for them. They're just going to outscore no. people. It's also, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is just coming back, and it's hard to incorporate a new guy. That's true. But and he doesn't look hard. good. He looks He looks hard. I, didn't, I haven't seen him play yet. He looks slow. Okay. Like, he can't yeah. finish. It. He has no explosion. This is like his third preseason game, well, basically. But right also, now. like, he, that kind of player has, like, almost no margin for error. Because he's, like, 5'7". The fact that he's as good as he is is a miracle. So if you take away a little bit of his skill, it's like... He be- even if he becomes just a good version of him, yeah, not a great version of him, that's like not good enough in the NBA because he's five seven. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a little fella. I did want to. We didn't break down the Dallas game a whole lot, but I just since we were playing Dallas, I just want to talk about Dirk for a minute. Uh, I love him. Uh, so since I'm watching these games on the dark web. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I don't have time. Oh yeah, time. Duck. <laughs> yeah, it's like you and like like people in like Russia like. Sending like Twitter bots is like the people who are on the. Well, like, first of all, there's like a whole and, like, chat. Neo Nazis. There's a whole chat on the side panel of like these games when you're watching on the internet, and so you see all these bozos. Oh, that's just so like, annoying. Oh my goodness! Can you disable that? Yeah, well, like it, when you put it on full screen, it disables it. Oh, good. Thank um, God. But I will try to promote our uh, our <laughs> podcast on that on that side panel. You should uh, do it really sly. Like, oh yeah. man, you know where you know what you got. If you guys comment. are loving this. <laughs> 
um, or idea. maybe yeah. we should not get them as listeners. But um, that's fine. We'll take it. So <laughs> anyhow, yeah, we'll take anything. Uh, Dirk. So instead of showing like commercials, they show just like the billboard, the big screen feed, mm-hmm. and they'll show like the players warming up. And so I was just watching it in pregame. You know, you see Dirk interacting with the other players. Dude is just having so much fun. He's, he's smiling. The he's the be- He's 20 years in this league. Yeah. That's amazing. And still just like ripping on his teammates, just like having so much fun. That dude is awesome. He's the best. He's I've still, loved his career. Yeah, he's incredible. He's and, still in my top like 20 guys I'd want taking a shot at the end of a game right oh, now. Yeah. No doubt. Right now as a 75-year-old man. <laughs> I love him. I've like... He's also like almost impossible to not like. Like who? I wonder who. Maybe if you're like a Miami Heat fan, oh yeah, from like that era where they won. But even then, I it wasn't even like a. There yeah. was nothing. To, there's nothing to hate about his they game. They just played He's a like perfect a, series. A true innovator. There's a lot of guys who now kind of like clearly model their games after him, but not as still not as good. Like no, yeah, none of them. But he boy, can he not run anymore? Yeah. Oh, he's a he looks like me waddling. He out played there. terrible this game. Missed a lot yeah, of shots, which we appreciate. Yeah, thanks, Dirk. Uh, oh, man, he. Yeah, I, I love Dirk. It does feel like he's kind of like the last of the Mohicans, though. Of like he the er- Carter of, of the era that I truly hold like near and dear to my heart, which is just like that '90s, 2000, the Kobe era. He's yeah. kind of the last of the Kobe era guys. Is he older than Vince? He's older than. Or are they the same? I think age? they're both forty. Wow. I think they're the same draft, too, because I that That's was that Paul Pierce actually. draft. The th- funny thing about Vince Carter, he he's on the Kings, right? He's, yeah, he's that, still, yeah, so still we, is. We, the Kings yeah. have the weirdest team, yeah. dude. So Vince, he played well that game. Yeah. But the funny thing about him, he seems to care a whole lot more now in his 20th season than he did when he was he actually yeah. really good. He does. Like, he was always a player, like, if that dude cared a little bit more, he would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, like, never seemed like he had that fire. He actually seems to have that fire now. Yeah, I hate to call... Like, I, I, I had... Probably a decade ago. I suppose it's been a while. I, I, I sort of lumped him into that group of guys that are just sort of NBA losers, which is a sad thing to say about a guy who's probably, in his time, one of the best players in the league. Yeah. But Vince Carter had that going on. Tracy McGrady had that going on. C-Webb had that going on. These guys are incredible players who just could never get over that hump. For yeah, that's reason. true. They didn't have the fire. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't yeah. care that But now enough. he does. And, and it probably makes them, like, healthier human beings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you guys... This will be a very quick uh, game show opportunity. Do you guys want to try to guess some of the people in the Dirk Nowitzki draft? The top 10 guys in that draft. I'll, sure, let's I'll do that. I'll give you, like, then, very then quick wrap hints. It up. Uh, number 10... Wait, what year was this, by the way? What year do you think it was? 98? I think... 1998 okay. is correct. Steve Nash. Okay, hold on. Steve Nash is incorrect. I'm going to give you hints. Okay. We're going to go top 10 <laughs> well, down. As you can see, I need Counting to. We're going go to go top 10 to 1. And, oh, uh, boy. Uh, There's no chance. I at get number 10, 10 is uh, definitely a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, played on our least favorite team. Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce was Ooh. the number 10 pick out of that oh, draft. Wow. Number 9, we've been talking about at length just now. Vince Dirk, Carter. Dirk or Vince? Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> number 8 was, a, I believe, a straight out of high oh no he went to college apparently he was like a gunner on the Cavs. he was not very good but he mm. could like also score 40 points larry Ooh. hughes larry oh. hughes yeah briefly a golden state warrior i believe number seven well, did he get into gu- an altercation with uh gilbert arenas on the wizards 
No, that was Javaris Crittenden. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he probably also did. (laughs) Okay. But he did play with... uh... But Javaris Crittenden pulled the gun on him and is now in jail for double murder. Double homicide. Javaris Crittenden. Once once a Laker, by the way. Um, Number seven is nicknamed White Chocolate. Oh, Jason, Jason Williams. Williams. He was number seven. Oh number my gosh. seven. Wow. That's <laughs> also had a secretly wonderful NBA career. Yeah, very he was good. a great and a beloved teammate. Uh, number six is dead, and also had a great nickname. Bison went Daily? to Michigan. No. Oh, Robert Tractor Trailer. Robert Tractor Trailer. Oh, wow. R.I.P. Number five, we've been talking about at length. Vinsanity. Vinsanity. Number four uh, was Vinsanity's teammate and played on the Lakers and is now hosts uh, the Lakers post game show on occasion. Mm. And is I believe a scout now for the Lakers as well. You don't you don't associate him with the Lakers. He was a little Anton bit, Jameson. Anton Jameson. Oh, well I done. saw him at like a like a volcano eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's great. The question is why was I at the volcano? <laughs> that is a good question. Well, you have a goatee, so it actually makes sense now. Uh, number three went to Kansas. Was a big clunky white guy oh, who Nick shot Collison? threes. No, that's the wrong. Wrong era. Yeah, that's the Heinrich team. Uh, mm, I have Big no idea. Big white guy who shot You have threes. a friend who has the same first name. He's a television writer with red hair. Rafe LaFrance? Rafe LaFrance, wow. the number three wow. pick. All right. Number two went to uh, Arizona. Um, he always killed the Lakers. He was on the Kings, and he killed us all of the time. He always hit big shots Mike against Bibby. us. Mike Bibby. Oh, Bibby. And number one Kermit. is... I think still the maybe Anthony Bennett is a bigger bust, but I think this guy might be the biggest Darko? bust in our lifetime. No, for a number one pick, which is crazy when you think about how crazy that top ten of guys that I just talked about is. It wasn't Darko. No, it's not Dark. Darko was the number two pick in two thousand and a couple years four. later. Yeah, uh, Darko was in the LeBron bust? draft. Kawame? No, this is like literally a person that you would, if you were making a joke about bust, you would say this person. He played. He was drafted by the Clippers. Michael Olawakandi. Michael oh, Olawakandi. Candy huh? man. So in a draft yeah. where Mike Bibby, Anton Jameson, crazy Vince Carter, Jason Williams, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce were all in the top ten. Hmm. Michael Olawakandi was the uh, first pick. Clippers were racking up top picks in that era and biffing all of them. Also, <laughs> Richard Lewis in that draft. Oh, that was a stacked draft. Wow. Also, Corey Brewer, the number fifty-one pick, of who just draft. had his streak of like six hundred straight games I know. broken. Yeah. Uh, well, that was good. That was good. Fun. Enjoyable. Um, we're sending Eli off. We're sending him off in style. That's right. Him and his lovely wife are going to Paris. Paris. Yeah. Paris. I don't know if we're going to have be able to do a Parisian podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe you could just find like a weird French guy on the street and like, yeah. talk about the a, Lakers. I'm going to use a baguette as a microphone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a buttery uh, baguette. baguette. We hope you have a great trip. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Anything else to sign off? Uh, oh. Follow at Hoopball Lakers. That's right. At Eli Bauman, at Dan Bespris, and not at Eric Noble. Nah. <laughs> That's somebody else, if that name exists. That's all I got. All right, guys. This was a lovely Saturday afternoon. Want to Stu Lances? Stu uh, Lances. Four, Are we still four doing wins, that? Four wins in a row. Yeah. Let's just celebrate right. our way out. Today I shaved and made myself a goatee, and I'm going to go home and shave to get rid of the goatee immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.